coming up. I love nature and I love being able to connect to my own body. And I'm a surfer, being a surfer, learning all the things that we have to overcome. I literally just started having this thought several years ago of, I wish I could work with kids in the water. That would be so cool. And didn't really know what that looked like or how that would be possible. And then, you know, learned that surf therapy existed and my mind was blown. Like this was in 2020, not even that long ago. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, I was so excited. And so right away I started learning about it. But the great thing is using surfing as an intervention is it can help kind of both of those profiles. So if we have the kiddo who's really unaware of the sensations that are coming in and they're sluggish and they need more stimuli to feel alert, getting them on a surfboard can activate everything and wake everything up and help them be connected physically. And then we know when we're connected physically, we're connected to the brain. And when we're connected to the brain, we're connected to our thoughts and our feelings and even our, our language. Um, and for a kid who's getting too much stimuli and they need to get body awareness to kind of downgrade the surfboard, um, actually gives us proprioceptive input, which is input to the muscles and joints and cause a calming effect Hmm. and, you know, digging sand. And so same thing then. So it's, I love it because it's equalizing to both sensory profiles, right? It's going to meet everybody in the middle. We want to invite you to the first annual Munch Bunch Wellness and Rejuvenation Retreat in the Dominican Republic, November 9th through the 12th, 2023. It will be an all-inclusive retreat meant to refuel you, give you a chance to rest, relax, and network with others in our Munch Bunch family. We will also be talking about ways to get out of your own way so you can live your dreams, build your business, and do what you need to do. So check it out. The link is in the description, and the dates are November 9th through the 12th. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. It's Kimi Nishimoto and Megan Vanoy. Hello. And today we have Naomi Matnik from Hang 10 Therapeutics. She is an awesome surf OT, which we will let her tell us more about what that is. And we'll let her introduce herself in just a moment. But first, Megan is going to have her pull the affirmator for the week for Munchy Monday. Yes, uh, Naomi, we're so excited to have you. Um, We're so excited to learn more about surf occupational therapy and what that even means. Uh, When Kimmy first told me about it, I like just thought that was the name of your practice, not actual surfing. So I like got even more excited when I learned that it is, we're talking about actual surfing today. So, <laughs> all right. So I have all hundred of our affirmator cards. I am going to shuffle them and you are going to tell me when to stop. And we're going to pull our card for the day. This pile like just feels so big today. All right. We're ready. Okay. And stop. All right. The top card or the bottom card? Ooh, the bottom card. All right. Unicorn voice. Oh, we haven't gotten this one yet. Uh, Love. Okay. Little unicorn on some sort of contraption, a a robot, I think, if you will. Um, So my voice is unique to me. The things I make and say and do are totally, wonderfully, only one under the sunderfully me. Oh, that's so cute. 
even the way I draw a single dot is unique to me. Even the way I whistle a song and make a sandwich or sign a birthday card for my ex, see? Because it isn't just so me. So imagine how fantastically fun it will be to see this me be me when unleashing something creatively. Want to see? It's very Dr. Susie. Yeah. <laughs> very Dr. Susie. So a unicorn. We're all unicorns and we're all unique to ourselves. And what we do is unique in our own way is what this card is saying, which is perfect because like, seriously, surf therapy <laughs> is so unique. <laughs> um, and so that being said, Naomi, please tell us more about what you do, what your background is what you were doing in occupational therapy that made you pivot to now surf occupational therapy. Yeah, absolutely. So like you guys have said, I'm an occupational therapist, specifically I'm a pediatric occupational therapist. And traditionally in my practice, I've worked with infants all the way up to early adolescence and primarily in outpatient clinics. My background has always been in sensory integration therapy and general childhood development, general infant development. Um, and I do have a special place in my heart for sensory integration therapy. I actually attended OT as a kid for sensory integration therapy. And I think have a personal understanding of what that feels like. And then as I started working in clinics, um, you know, clinics are an amazing space. We have all these super fun tools and these cool tools to help kids connect to their body. But then uh, in addition to that, you know, I love nature and I love being able to connect to my own body and I'm a surfer and just being a surfer, learning all the things that we have to overcome. And, you know, I literally just started having this thought several years ago of, gosh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could work with kids outside. Right. I wish I could work with kids in the water. That would be so cool. And didn't really know what that looked like or how that would be possible. And then you know, learned that surf therapy existed and my mind was blown. Like this was in 2020, not even that long ago. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I was so excited. And so right away I started learning about it and thought this makes sense for the kids I work with and the population I work with. Um, you know, these are kids who we hear this big overarching word, sensory integration, sensory processing, but these are kids for parents. What does that mean? Okay. It might be kids who struggle uh, with body awareness and body position in space, you know, they're bumping into things, they're falling out of their chair, um, or they struggle with being too sensitive to things. Oh, maybe like sense of touch is too much or noises are too much, or maybe they're not interpreting that stimulation enough. And they're constantly on the go trying to get this stimulus to feel alert. And then what that can do is these kids, we see, we see emotional breakdowns, we see what we call behavioral breakdowns and and they're really just trying to figure out their own body and their sense of self and move through the world and when that happens it's really hard to to do things like higher level learning like academic performance or connecting with their peers and i started to realize yeah the clinic is great but how can i put them in a natural environment that provides them with challenges um that are going to be different every time they show up and, and the beach is that, and the beach, it provides those sensory pieces so we can integrate their sensory systems at the beach, whether that's moving on the wave on a surfboard or digging in the sand. 
Uh, but because of the challenges that arise there, we can kind of address the emotions that are happening and the bodily sensations that are happening. Um, and so that's what I've started to do is taking the surf therapy model that's developed around the world for different populations and and modeling it and adapting it for our neurodiverse population, for us kids with sensory processing challenges, maybe ADHD, autism, or our you know twice exceptional kids, and and saying, hey, this is something that they can um, take ownership of, becoming a becoming a water baby, becoming a surfer, but also becoming more connected to their bodies, and that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I love that's- it. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's, I love it too. (laughs) So what, what, uh, would the challenges of a kid that is neurodivergent be like when you were a kid, how did it manifest for you? Yeah. So it can show up, you know, it can show up similarly and and very differently for each child because there's certain, we call them profile sensory profiles of a certain child. Um, and certain kids might all kind of fit underneath that sensory profile, but then every kiddo is going to be unique. And so how it showed it for me is my, I'll use these sciencey words, but I'll try to also explain what they mean. But for me, my inner ear, my vestibular system wasn't working like it was supposed to be. And I had a really hard time with understanding where my body was in space. Our vestibular system gives us our sense of balance and, and spatial awareness um, and so it would be really hard for me to pay attention in school because I wasn't even aware of where I was, you know, I would, I would actually, I would fall out of my chair, which sounds funny, but it's true. And, you know, that's really hard to, how do you continue to pay attention in the classroom when you're not even aware what your own body is doing? Um, I had a very sensitive, um, tactile system, meaning touch was really uncomfortable for me. So clothing, certain textures, um, and along with that, my, yeah, my, so higher level skills that can get impacted like that. Uh, my coordination was really poor. Funny, like to think about that, like I'm a surfer, but, uh, my coordination was really poor. And so how it manifested, it manifested being hard to learn in school, but then it also manifested in the ways I connected to my peers, um, because, you know, things that kids are doing, like playing games on the playground or sports, I didn't fit into that. And so not only did I not feel comfortable in my own physical body, I wasn't able to connect to peers. And um, it was, you know, kind of creating a narrative of, you know, not, not being good enough and, and shying away from trying new things. Um, And so for these kids, it can show up in many different ways. It can show up in, like I said, not being aware of feedback to the body. And so then these are kids that are constantly needing to run and move and crash. Um, or they're seeking out like loud noises or they're seeking a lot of stimuli. It can be under responsive. And, you know, they're, there may be the kids that are a little bit, we describe them as being sluggish and parents might think, oh, my kid's lazy and all they want to do is stay home and play video games. Um, but really all of those, if we think about a pyramid, the sensory systems are impacting how our body responds. And then then we have, okay, but that's going to impact your motor skills. And then if our motor skills are impacted, that will impact the way we learn. 
Um, and at the very top of that pyramid is how we feel about ourselves and how we show up in the world. So mm. how do we see ourselves and that sense of identity we formed based on what our body's doing and how do I connect socially? How do I connect emotionally? Um, but the great thing is using surfing as an intervention is it can help kind of both of those profiles. So if we have the kiddo who's really unaware of the sensations that are coming in and they're sluggish and they need more stimuli to feel alert, getting them on a surfboard can activate everything and wake everything up and help them be connected physically. And then we know when we're connected physically, we're connected to the brain. And when we're connected to the brain, we're connected to our thoughts and our feelings and even our, our language. Um, and for a kid who's getting too much stimuli and they need to get body awareness to kind of downgrade the surfboard um, actually gives us proprioceptive input, which is input to the muscles and joints and cause a calming effect hmm. and, you know, digging sand. And so same thing then. So it's, I love it because it's equalizing to both sensory profiles, right? It's yeah. going to be everybody in the middle, um, which is amazing. How many things actually do that? Not many yeah. things, um, but so those are some examples of how it can manifest. Of course, there's so many more. And if parents have specific questions, I'm more than happy to uh, sift that out with them. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of a general quick and dirty of how things can manifest and what it might look like. Yeah. When you were talking about the proprioception, I, I kind of wonder sometimes if maybe I struggled with that because I used to be able to like walk down the hallway and like end up bruised somehow. <laughs> like my hands are swinging. <laughs> I would get bruises on my hips and my mom's like, what happened to you? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and then maybe, maybe you were the same way. I don't know, but um, wasn't always the best at sports. The ball had come and just right in the face. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I like resonate, not because it's, yeah, I'm like, oh girl, that is 100% me and it might still be me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it could be both. I'm like in my head, I'm like, uh, your proprioceptive system, but probably also your vestibular system, just <laughs> body. And you might've been swinging your arms because you're like, Hey, this gives me more body awareness. And it tells me where my body is when I do that, <laughs> but then you're not noticing things. And, you know, our visual system ties into that. If we don't have great body awareness, then we're visually not attentive. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's where some other difficulties can kind of unravel. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Like, even thinking about like my, you know, my niece and nephew, I have one nephew and we used to laugh because he'd only ever look like straightforward. And like when he was first learning to walk. And so like, he didn't see anything above eye level. So he used to just have like permanent bruising on his little <laughs> forehead. Like, and we're like, Lainey, look up, see what you're doing, watch what you're doing. And, you know, dunk, dunk, like, it just like, and even now, um, there's some things with him where he's not always super body aware. So I'm like, huh, we're going to get that boy on a surfboard. <laughs> Got to get him on a surfboard. And speaking of, you know, now that we've merged into like the visual system, mm -hmm. um, you know, even as a surfer myself, I, the, one of the biggest things I've had to work on when I'm on a surfboard is using my visual system because I want to rely so heavily on my body. Um, and that kind of speaks to maybe where my body awareness still is in my nervous system. Because when kids have poor body awareness, they have to be constantly looking at their body instead of in and around the world to tell them what they're doing rather than letting the brain give them that feedback. Um, so when you're on a surfboard and primarily when you stand up, you want to be looking where you're going. I've even joked that I need to write on my surfboard, look up 
because a lot of times they'll pop up and I'm just staring at my body and staring at my feet. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that's where the visual piece comes in kind of like, okay, we've paddled, we're standing up. Okay. But don't keep looking at your body, kind of let your brain tell you where your body is in space. Um, and all of this, I mean, I could go on and on, but all of it will then continue to tie into again, how do we show up in the world? Um, because if you think about a time that you've been in a new place or in a really stressful situation, we kind of revert back to not trusting in those sensory systems. And that's where socially and emotionally it can, it can really take a toll on us and be fatiguing. Um, mm-hmm. That's another way. That's step three of how serving can impact. We've covered proprioceptive vestibular visual. And that's another way that it can kind of help integrate for kids. And do you have any stories about kids that, you know, were feeling that way and then through surf therapy, it kind of like helped feel them more confident or like, this is my thing that I do. I do surfing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's crazy because I feel like, you know, I, I see that even happen in one session um, with just this confidence that can build um, of being all the way from this feels really scary. I don't want to approach this. I don't want to try it. And then trying it. And, you know, I feel like I see a shift emotionally in kids, but I feel like the shift I'm seeing emotionally, I know is because what's happening in the nervous system. So the, the rush of the water and the movement of the surfboard, even if they're not standing up on the board, which is, you know, a lot of the case times the case, um, they're becoming regulated. And as they're becoming regulated and connected to their body, they're able to, to build that a sense of, um, trust in their, in themselves and confidence in themselves. And it brings that empowerment. Um, you know, you're asking like, Oh, I see myself as a surfer. I don't know that I've, I've seen that yet, but but I definitely see this change of trust in self and wow, I I did that. And like, I didn't want to do it or I didn't think I could do it. And so it's powerful because it's not only actually regulating them as the tools of the, of the ocean are working um, their magic and the surfboard. But then because of that, like I said earlier, We want to introduce this Thought for Tots course, a parent's guide for toddlers ages 2 to 5 for Mini Mayo. We have Megan and Kimmy going over nasal hygiene, myofunctional exercises, breathing exercises, tongue-tie healing protocols, and then we have Jenny June going over sleep hygiene and Kelsey Baker going over feeding therapy and body work. Uh, The course is $2.97 and the link will be in the description. When kids can learn to trust their physical body and become regulated, then they can, they can develop stronger social emotional skills. So instead of feeling not confident or not empowered or not trusting their body or not trusting themselves, now they saw that they could do this thing and they're walking away with the, that sense of accomplishment and confidence. So cool. Ah, I now want to get on a surfboard I feel like I'm like I I am athletic um 
I played all the sport like sports where I was on the ground with my feet, right? So uh-huh. volleyball, basketball, softball, soccer when I was younger. I've even swung a golf club here and there. Um, but anytime I've tried to get on a skateboard or like mm. my like one horrific attempt at snowboarding, right? Like oh. um, that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> the world's worst first date, in case you guys are wondering. Oh, um <laughs> other time. A different episode, different time. Um, yeah. But, you know, I never felt like, like a, you know, roller skating, rollerblading, none of those things. Like if my feet aren't touching the ground, like don't count me in for that. Right. <laughs> but can I hit a softball a mile? Yes. Like, <laughs> but my not feet are on the ground. Not yeah. an impressed Ball sports, uh-uh, that is not, I mean, you never will be. So I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed with you because board sports, no. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, your feet aren't on the ground, but they are on a surfboard. So they're yes. on something. Yeah. They're on, they are on something, but that balance piece, yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know what it is, no. but like, mm-mm. yeah. So I need, I, to, have the, I need to learn. I have the same thing, Megan. Like I've never been able to stand on a, on a skateboard. So as much as I love the ocean, I'm nervous to try surfing. Cause I'm like, I can't even stand on the ground. <laughs> I know it's I yeah I'm amazed I do actually skateboard too so maybe that's a piece of it but and you know you are going to fall in the water which is a little bit nicer than the ground but Mm -hmm. yes um yeah which then core strength right that's another thing that's because they're not aware of like where they are and Mm -hmm. yeah or like I was even thinking about because I my nieces and nephews are now into softball and t-ball and, you know, we were at their little games last night and they get like oh, so many times telling kids like, hey, you got to scoot back. You got to scoot forward from where the tee is or where the plate is. And half of them don't understand what that even means. Some of it is like they're still learning. But that idea of where they are in space compared to this ball or where they would be swinging their bat, no concept. Yeah, which is developmental, but also mm-hmm. it's repetition, right? The more we give those, mm-hmm. the, those experiences, the healthier the brain gets which is so cool. Ah, so also oh, cool. the brain is like, ah, so cool. Uh, the brain's crazy. <laughs> I guys can know. definitely, yeah. Yeah. Crazy in a good way and probably crazy in other ways. <laughs> yeah. So Naomi, you mentioned a little bit about core, but can you talk to us more about like, what does core strengthening do from an occupational therapy perspective? Definitely. So from an occupational therapy perspective, in occupational therapy, we're constantly thinking about function. So we care about your motor skills. We care about the nervous system. We care about cognition and attention, but we also, we really care about it because we're looking at function. How do kids participate and show up in the things they want to do, the things they need to do? And and the core, I would say, is, is in line with our nervous system. Um, so the core, when the core muscles are strong, they're, the muscles are firing, they're activating, and it's helping kids keep an upright posture. And it's not just because we care about posture and like, oh, you have to sit up straight. It's, it's because when that's functioning, all of the other body systems can start talking to each other. So when we're upright, we've got our breath working really well. And that's regulating, but it's also, um, you know, functioning to keep the brain, you know, alert 
and and in action. We've got our visual system being able to look around, you know, think if you're like slouched over, you're not really able to look up and around. So for academic skills, reading the board, reading a book, handwriting. Um, the core is also playing with the vestibular system. So when our core is activated, the vestibular system is activated to continue to tell us where we are in space. Um, and then functionally for things that are really fun, like we don't always have to talk about school. How do we have our core strength to climb and run and jump and play with our friends and try new things, right? Like getting on a bike or getting on a skateboard or as much as I don't like contact sports, playing those contact sports, whatever that may be for the friends who love contact sports. I don't know, swimming, volleyball. Um, gosh, I think we don't think enough about the core. Mm -hmm. As I'm talking about it, like the core is central to mm -hmm. all of the functional skills that we do. I think it was in Cole's episode, the toes to nose uh, with our, our friend, the osteopath, Cole Clayton. And he said something I thought was really profound where he said, when you have a strong core, it's also your solar plexus chakra, which is your, your wheelhouse and your strength. The strength, of the spirit comes from the core. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. Which is actually kind of oh. sick. Cause you always say like, Oh, at your core, you're this, you know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You get your mm -hmm. core level. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you think of your core as your heart, but maybe your core is actually your belly. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's true. It's right here, right? The gut, like our mm -hmm. health, gut health, old brain, gut health connection. And even thinking about what you guys are talking about, um, or, you know, your specialties with the mouth mm -hmm. and you know, how the core impacts the structures of the mouth and how that then impacts breathing and our regulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always tell patients that like, I always, I start off with, I know this is kind of cheesy, but like your tongue is like the abs of your mouth. It's the core of your head, right? Like your tongue has to be up and that's like where the rest of rest of it is. So like pretty much daily, if not multiple times a day, I'm saying like your tongue's the abs of your mouth. <laughs> I love that. I've never love heard it. that. Yeah, never heard me say it. <laughs> Three years, man. I love it. Oh, yeah. I guess I've never done a consultation on you. So, you know. That could be a t-shirt. I think like, I want that t-shirt. All right. We'll work on that. Andy, what are you, what are you up to right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really yes. good. But Thank you. You're, you're right, though, because your tongue, when it's in the proper position in the roof of the mouth, it helps to support the head. And if your head is in good posture, which is aligned over your bum, then everything is more lined up and your core can be more engaged. But I know that for me, I want to be like down here. <laughs> My core is floppy. I'm not breathing the way I'm supposed to. So I have to like physically like uh, align, put myself over my, I call it head over butt. I remind myself constantly all day, every day, head over butt, head over butt. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I want to get you guys on a surfboard. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, you know, we'll compare our calendars at the end here. Uh, but yeah, like, cause I, and I always tell patients too, cause especially like with what we're doing and we're on, we're all on zoom right now. So we're all like zoom neck. I've like categorized yeah. this as zoom neck, yeah. um, you know, so, and then I'm like, okay. But then I'm like, okay, let me, let me see this. Right. And like mm -hmm. the patients are like, can you look at this? And I'm like, yep. Zoom neck. Let's, let's take a peek. And then <laughs> afterwards, let's like get our, get ourselves situated. So when mm -hmm. we're actually talking about exercises, we do, we talked a lot about head over butt and when they're practicing mm -hmm. that, we're like, okay, now that you've seen it, scoot back, head over butt, good posture. And then like, we'll go through mm -hmm. them together because yeah, 
you can't really have one without the other. You can't like do your oral facial exercises if the rest of your body is like all like bent out of shape, <laughs> right? Like, you know, everything has to be <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything has to be where it's supposed to be in order for everything to be effective. The body is all connected despite how we are all trained. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody's kind of trained within their little box and we only focus on one thing, but you know, everything is connected and we're more and more, I think there's been a big shift, especially in the last few years where there has been a more shift where we're all talking a lot more and we're all collaborating a lot more and we're all talking about how the body, and maybe it's just because I've surrounded myself with people who believe that and I'm in my own little world, but uh, <laughs> I definitely feel like those conversations are being had more of like, you can't have one without the other. Like we all have to work together. Mm-hmm. Very true. So Naomi, what does like a typical surf program look like with you? Like how often would you meet? What are the sessions like? Yeah, good question. So I I very often recommend that I'll meet with a family in home first. Um, and that way I can perform a more formal assessment, you know, like, like Megan was talking about. I do want to consider all the systems and I, I want to acknowledge that everything in our body is connected. So I want to perform that traditional assessment so that I can look at things all the way from our primitive reflexes to our motor skills, to our sensory systems, to our mouth and our breathing and the structural pieces of that and, and the sensory profile and, you know, parent questionnaire. So I'm also building a relationship with the child and from there, then I can either decide, hey, this kiddo is going to be a good fit for in home or surf therapy or a hybrid of both. And I, I build the plan from there. But what does a session look like? It's it's uh, 50 minutes. So it's like a clinical session. And there's certain staple things that I'll always do. I'll always start on the beach and do a check-in. So that's a physical body check-in. How are we physically feeling today? How are we emotionally feeling? Um, and then depending on the child's needs, that will depend how much time we're spending on the sand before we get into the water. So I might use that time to cover any motor skills we wanna go over. If there are um, any like sensory diets we're working on, um, just some warm-ups to get into the ocean. And then I'll always do a check-in with the kid because this is all about autonomy and choice. Okay, how do we want to get into the water? Do we just want to jump around in the water? Do we want to play on a boogie board? Do we just want to lay on the surfboard? Do we think we want to stand up? And then we'll go spend a good amount of time, probably about 15, usually hopefully 20 minutes in the water. And then we come out and there's always a check-in again. How are we doing physically? How are we doing emotionally? Um, if there's any other, I call them like, I guess, I don't know the word, hard skills, you know, more traditional skills that we need to work on, we can do that. Um, but being on the beach, the primary purpose of being on the beach is to really hone in on those sensory systems and organize those and the emotional systems. And some of the motor systems, primarily with core strength and normalizing movement when kids are paddling out in the water. And then if there's really, really more traditional um, OT skills that parents want support with, maybe those are fine motor skills or handwriting um, 
or even higher level cognition executive function, or really, really hone on in specific motor skills, I definitely recommend that's a better fit for in-home or a clinic even, because um, the beach is really where I want to take that time to work on physical regulation, emotional regulation, and body awareness. Mm-hmm. So interesting. And oh, a big thing. So cool. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And one big thing to point out is, you know, when people hear surf therapy, they think, gosh, what does that mean? Like, am I, are you giving my kid a surf lesson? Yes and no. But if you want a surf lesson, please go to a surf instructor who will give you a really great surf lesson. Um, This is a therapeutic tool and, you know, and depending on the child's age and their safety level, very often we're not even going out past what we call the break, which is where the big waves come and break. We're more often than not staying in the whitewash and catching waves there and having fun and, and letting that do the work for us. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have any other questions, Meg? Um, like what's your schedule like? When can I come down and take my first surf lesson? Um <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. I know. Oh, that's so fun. I mean, how can people find you? Like where are you? Yeah. You know, you're not out up here in the Oregon coast because surfing in the freezing cold uh ocean. <laughs> so <laughs> right, yeah. So I am based in Los Angeles. Um and you know, I am I'm near Santa Monica, but um, I, I do some work in this, what we know as the South Bay here, which is Manhattan beach and that part of town. And then where can they find me? So Instagram is a big one. Um, I have a website and I have an Instagram, but my Instagram is solely dedicated for talking about surf therapy. And so that, um, is at hang underscore 10 underscore therapeutics, but I'm sure we'll put that in the chat notes. Mm-hmm. And you know, from there, people can direct message me. It has the link to my website. When you visit my website, it goes into all of my offerings as well as being able to contact me there via phone or via email. I always offer a complimentary discovery call, kind of sit with families, hear about their needs and, you know, find out what might be the right fit for them. And yeah, that's really the best way that I can be found. Those three. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, so do you get, uh, do patients kind of have to end up like finding their way to you or do you get a lot of referrals from other providers in your area? You know, I'm, I'm just getting started and I've gotten to talk with and meet with a lot of amazing providers. And so I'm starting to get a few referrals from that. Um, it's so funny to me. I feel like I am an old soul and it's still unfathomable to me that people like use Instagram and Instagram has been the funny mm-hmm. thing, like where most people are finding, where patients are finding mm-hmm. me, providers are finding me. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll get on board. I'll, I'll use Instagram. Um, but that's been a huge avenue. Some has been word of mouth. It's been, yeah, it's been random, but it's been really fun to see where people are finding me. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. So- well, thank you so, so much for coming on and for sharing your message with us. It's such a unique perspective. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I'd love to hear you talk about what you felt when you were a kid. Cause I think that's so important because Megan and I both had myofunctional airway problems when we were kids, completely different ends of the spectrum, same sort of disorders, but ended the spectrums. 
so we always tell our stories, but it's interesting to hear someone who had more of the sensory experience. So thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I always talk about my bedwetting and Kimmy always talks about how she used to drool on her desk. So like we don't we don't try and make ourselves look that cool on this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, get to know me a little bit and I won't, I won't seem that cool. Bump into things. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. it. And I thank you so it. much for having me. It's such a yeah, it's so much fun to just chill with you guys and love talking about the work you're doing and being able to share about my work. It's ah. So, just so fun to connect. So fun. We're always looking to connect with more like-minded providers. So um, we love people who think outside of the box. That's kind of our our jam around here. So, and you guys, uh, Naomi already said it, but if you want to find her on Instagram, it's uh, hang underscore 10 underscore therapeutics. We will link that into the episode and tag her and all those things. Um, You can also find us at the Munch Bunch podcast. You can find Kimmy at Mouth Muscle Memory. You can find me at NWMFT. And of course, as you guys know, you can find us in the Dominican Republic for the Munch Bunch Retreat, um, battling burnout and gaining clarity in your lives and business and working on some self-love, self-healing. So you can find us there November 9th through 12th. If you are interested in joining our retreat, we have just a couple spots left and reach out to us either our instagrams our websites we are absolutely here and if we can rope naomi into coming with us we might even just have to throw some surf lessons in there mm-hmm. so we will see you guys on the next munchy monday uh we can't wait for our next episode all right bye guys bye we have a special offer for our munch bunch listeners to book a virtual consult with Megan, she's offering a discount of $25 off. Just email her, Megan, at nwmyofunctionaltherapy.com or through her website, www.orofacial-myology.com. To book a virtual consult with Kimmy for the $25 off, email her mouthmusclememory at outlook.com or through the website, www.mouthmusclememory.com.